Thad here in Fox last night after the Kings' tough loss to the Charlotte Hornets. Got the drive guys coming to you from the Golden One Center, getting ready for the Kings in Orlando tonight. I got to admit, Kyle Draper, dear listener, I've lost faith in the Kings. I haven't lost. <laughs> it's not that I've lost you know, affection for them or enthusiasm watching their games, but I thought I knew who they were, and there were cer- certain games where I felt like, you know what, they're going to be fine in this game. Like last night, I thought, you know what, Orlando's just not very good, and they're shorthanded. The Kings, they've struggled, but I know the Kings are good enough to beat that team. Now, it didn't happen, and that's the NBA, but I, I just I don't feel right now like I can trust this team on any given night to be the team I think they are. I've kind of lost faith in them a little bit. All of last night? Like, uh, last like, night, in addition to, you know, I don't have to go. All the losses this year where we've gone, what happened? Oh, they're fine now. What happened? So many of them. Again, I'm not saying I'm giving up on them. I'm not giving up on the season. I'm not angry. I just realized, wow, I just, I don't know what they are. Wow, Whitey. Uh, th- you're, you're stumping me here because they are who we thought they were, I, th- I feel like. I-, I feel like they are. Like last night, just proved once again they're wildly huh. inconsistent. Okay. Now, did you think they had turned a corner? Did you think you knew who they were before last I night? I thought that they, like I say, I thought they were good enough. No matter what they're going through, where they could beat a shorthanded Orlando team at home, and even when they were struggling last night, I still thought you win the game, fine. You win an ugly win, doesn't matter. And then in the last minute, they really folded up, and it just left me wondering. I'm not sure who these guys are as a team right now. That's just, I'm just being honest. That's how, that's, on this I'm a day, little bewildered uh, by what I saw last night more than angry. Does, does this keep you up at night? Does it, you know, nah. is it hard to sleep or anything nah. like that? Do you, nah. you need therapy? You need to, you know, hop on the drapes couch or something well, like that? Well, that's what I'm trying to do. That's why <laughs> I'm here, I'm doctor. Right? Yeah. I'm like, get over it. It'll be okay. Right? That's Great. All right. That's my Thanks. advice. How much that cost me? No, I, I feel your pain. And. I, I will say this, I, and, and uh, you're 100% right in how you feel. Your your feelings are validated by this team and their performance. So yeah. I don't want you to, you know, think that, oh, man, I, maybe I shouldn't be feeling this way. I get it. Kings fans feel the same way. Came into this season so much promise, so many expectations, and they're, you know, whipping you around emotionally. Yeah. I get it. I uh-huh. get it. I get it. Uh-huh. It and, reminds me. Years ago, Kyle, yeah. I remember I was at a, in the Giants clubhouse. And there was a Giants player, and he was he was a good player, but he was really struggling, having a terrible slump. And then yeah. he had a good game towards the end of the year, and people were asking him, you know, is it must be frustrating. And he said, it's not so much frustrating, it's confusing. And that's how I feel about this team yeah. right now. I'm not so much frustrated as I am just like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand quite what's going on, what's causing all the ups and the downs. And, and you are not alone, my friend. Mike Brown, I'm sure, is feeling the same way. The players are feeling the same way. Yeah. Because I've been in meetings and film sessions where they're trying to figure this out. They're trying to figure out what, why do we respond like this? Yeah. Why do we play down to the level of our competition? And I think that's probably... The, the, the most bewildering part of this season. It's not rotation. It's just the, the look of this team. One minute they can look like world beaters, and the next they look like a lottery team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they don't care. And I thought what we saw last night was a team that really didn't compete. They played. And as you know, Whitey, there's a difference between playing basketball and competing at basketball. Yes. Last night 
the Sacramento Kings played a basketball game. They did not compete to win. And you would think after losses to Portland, after losses to Houston, and some of the bad blowout losses that they have, at this point of the season, they would have learned their lesson. Mm-hmm. They, 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 we said it yesterday. We said, no way. Like, this team learned its lesson. Right. Like, we had more faith in them than it seemed like they had in themselves. They're not dumb. We all right. know the players. They're not dumb. Right. They're very smart individuals, so you know they're aware of what's going on. But as Mike Brown said last night, uh, you miss free throws. You can control that. Yeah. A lot of the turnovers, 21 turnovers, he said a lot of them, we just threw the ball away. It wasn't forced. A lot of them, we just threw the ball away. And then the defense, which sometimes you have to give credit to the offense, but the defense was lackluster. So you had a team last night that just – they took um, that game, wrapped it up very poorly, by the way, very shabbily, and just gave it to uh, Charlotte like, here's a yeah. late Christmas present. And, right? And yes. They just gave it to them. Yes. And that's the only way Charlotte was going to beat you yep. is if you just gave it to them. 21 turnovers. And, and I said it yesterday. Charlotte's the worst defensive team in the NBA, and you score 104 points. Yeah. Your offense looks – all you got to do is execute. All you got to do is move the ball around. It's like – they were on steroids yesterday trying to move too fast, couldn't catch. Like, and, and I think, to your point, the way you started off this segment, it's like, who are these guys? They're Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know which Sacramento team is going to show up each night. Last year when you watched the Sacramento Kings, one thing that I thought about that team last year is that they had exercised their demons of collapsing late in games. Like, they were never out of it. They would make a push that, you know, you saw the fight. You saw that they were poor, hungry, and driven. I don't see that this year. I see a team that shows up, and you know what? We got to let it play out to find out which team is going. You know, if you ask me right now, what's going to happen in tonight's game against Orlando? We have no idea. I really don't. We, we <laughs> hope that they'll respond. Exactly. We hope that they'll bounce back. Uh-huh. But we have no idea about this Kings. Right. And I know earlier you were talking about last year's compared to this year. Yeah. And the record-wise, it's like, yeah, you know, you're still on track to do some nice things. But last year, we knew who the Kings were. And we knew that, for the most part, night in and night out, with some exceptions because it's the NBA and they're human, they're going to score points. Yeah. And you better watch out because they're going to score points in bunches. This year, what are they going to do? Well, I, I don't know. They might do this and they might do that. And so maybe there's something of an identity issue. But the way you solve that is by going out and playing well and doing something well on a consistent basis. Yes. And, you know, the the thing that's so frustrating to me, we sit up here, people, you know, surmise, opine, whatever it is. Yes. About trades. I don't think guys in the locker room understand they are playing for their spot on this roster right now. Like, there are guys who are underperforming who are the subject of trade rumors. And when you look at a package for a Siakam or a DeJounte or whoever it is, some of these guys' names are being mentioned. And you would think that, you know what, I'm going to come out there and ball. I'm going to come out there and show some fight. I'm going to come out there and show that I want to be here. And we're not seeing that, and it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's Keegan, De'Aaron, Domas, we know those guys are safe. For the most part, De'Aaron and Domas, they're bringing it every single night. But everybody else, and for the most part, Malik, too, outside of last night, they're bringing it. But some of these guys need to look at themselves in the mirror and say, 
we have an opportunity here to be a good team, if not a great team, and we're not taking advantage of it. Right There's now. been a lot of talk today. I heard some on with uh, Styles and Watkins, but they're not the only ones talking about it. About you know questioning, well, where's the leadership on this team? Is Mike Brown need to change his approach? And I, I just don't see that as a problem. Maybe there's something I'm missing. Mike Brown, you know, the way he talks to the team is a lot different than the way he talks to us. Right, right. So if you're thinking, he needs to be tougher on the 100%. team, I mean, that's you don't need to worry about that, right? right? And, and that's one of the things that we've loved about Mike Brown is he holds guys accountable. Yes. You remember last year? We saw the clips of him turning on the Jets in practice. Like, yeah. he's a fiery guy behind the scenes in practice. So, trust me, he doesn't need to be tougher on guys. Like, yeah. he challenges guys every day in practice. But then when he meets it with the media, he puts on a good face. You know, he's calm. He's cool. Well, you keep he's it in-house. Yeah, you keep I'm it really in-house. I'm really upset with this guy, but I'm not going to tell you. That's right, right. I'm not going to call him out right. in public like right. that. Exactly. Right. And so, you know, this leadership thing. Why all of a sudden is it an issue when, mind you, Whitey, mind you, I keep going back to this. They're in a better position today than they were a season ago record-wise. We're talking about the unanimous coach of the year. Mm -hmm. Mike Brown did a fantastic job this year. All of a sudden, they're on track to win more games this year. But now he's not doing a good job. Now he has a leadership problem. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't see that. I understand why people, you know, looking for answers would wonder about that. But I don't see it. I did think it was interesting last night. And his, I think it was his opening statement to the media when he said, you know, he talked about we, it was alarming, our lack yeah. of uh, focus. But then he said at the end, it's on me too. And he says, because I didn't get him ready to play apparently. And I, <laughs> I thought that was a little bit of a shot, you know? Right, I didn't right. get ready to play, apparently. apparently. Like, I don't know right. how that was the case. <laughs> so he's frustrated, too. And, and that's coach speak, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's just the coach making sure, you know what, he's just not singling out the players. Right. But I thought to start the game, they came out ready to play. I thought the starting five came out ready to play. Soon as he went to the bench, it got, and he said it, it got loose, yes, got yes. thrown the ball away, underhanded passes, and then, you know, something like that snowballs, and, and then it becomes contagious. DeMontis Sabonis had 11 turnovers last night. I know. I think that tied a franchise record in turnovers, too. 11 turnovers for Domas. And I understand he handles the ball a lot, but he couldn't catch the ball yesterday at times. And he had some offensive fouls as well. Mm -hmm. it, it's just frustrating, man. And I get it, Kings fans. We're all frustrated. We're angry. We're upset. This team should be better. They're 19 and 13. They could easily be 23 and 9 or something like that. That'd be nice. Yeah, they could easily be that right now. But all it shows you is that they're not ready yet. They still, it's still some growing pains to go through right now. So is depth the single biggest issue uh, holding these Kings back right now? And Malik versus Mike. Anything to see here? They had a little exchange last night. Uh, more on that when we come right back to the Golden One Center Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports. And like the Kings themselves, we're trying to figure out, hey, what happened last night to Drive Guys uh, from the Golden One Center? By the way, bottom of the hour, Dante Marcatelli, TV voice of the Orlando Magic, is going to join us. Uh, but right now, let's go to the phones, 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140. Maybe Will has the answer for us. Hey, Will. Thanks for joining the drive, guys. What's up? What's up, Wyatt? What's Drake? Drake? Drake. <laughs> what you got, Drake, baby? Drake, my boy, man. What, you, hey, you need to have Matt Barnes in there with you, man, because he had to calm you down last night. See, you, <laughs> we let you, hey, 
when they blow a game like that, when they play pitiful ball like they did last night, and then you be damn near crying with me. We both had a towel out. We both be saying, man, what the hell are they doing? And then you get on TV, man, when somebody call in, man, that's just one game. Come on, we got 82 games. Everybody know that, man. Everybody realizes that. It's nowhere in the world these are professional athletes, man, to play that bad last night. I mean, and then let me – I got this one question for you because I know you got a lot of calls and you got to get ready for the game. Yeah, what you got? Trey, check this out, man. Look, I ain't trying to tell the coach how to coach. He sees everything. Like you say, he's in the locker room. He knows everything. But how are you going to have – you know, you have these games where you have guys like Monk, uh, JaVale, they come into the game. They play like dogs, man. They blocking shots. They diving at the balls. They, you know, they fouling people, you know, and stuff like that. And then as soon as uh, Alex come back, Jabelle don't see the floor. Mm. I don't understand that because you got a guy. He go rebound. He go block shots. He gonna foul. He, you ain't getting no layup on Jabelle, okay? And then. You had my man just had a bad – he just he was just off, man. Uh, the bonus was just off, man. He was losing the ball. He was fumbling the ball and everything. He got his points and his rebounds, but they had they should have used Javel. A couple of plays could have turned that game last night. Here, here's the thing, Will. And, Thanks, and Will. you know you're my guy. I, I don't understand. I, 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 I appreciate you. I know you watch and listen every day. You're, you're my guy. The thing is, and this is why I think Mike Brown is turning to Alex Lynn instead of JaVel McGee. Because JaVale McGee can be a wild card at times. One yeah, minute he know, looks great. You know Forrest Gump? You see the yeah. movie? Yeah. JaVale McGee is a box of chocolates. Right. You never know what you're going to get until yeah. you open them up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Alex Lynn is steady. You know what you're going to get. He's not going to get you 15 and 10 or anything like that. But he's not going to hurt you on the other end as well. And so I, I don't know. I think one of the frustrating things, and, and I, I would imagine Mike's frustrated too, we talk about his rotations, and I said yesterday I think his rotations are pretty much set. And and, and I was spot on about that, Whitey. Like, he went with the guys he yep. normally goes with. Yep. And right now it seems like JaVale and Sasha on the outside looking in. And I don't know what's going on with Keon Ellis. That situation, uh, it, it's not even like he's just not he, – he's, you know – because you have to have the 50-game rule in the – Yeah, uh, we were talking about that last contract. night before the game with G-Man. But yeah. if I'm correct, it's not – 50 games playing, it's active, right? Like, I, I need to look that up. So, Keon is active and sitting on the bench. I need to double-check that. They may have changed that in the last few years, but it's yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. So, that's something to keep an eye on. But they still got tons of games left. They, they still got a lot of time. I talked to Wes Wilcox about this on the road trip. He said, we still got plenty of time for Keon to make any kind of decisions converting it to a uh, standard contract or not. I think – what we're seeing is twofold. One, and we talked about this the other day, Whitey. One, Mike Brown has to do a better job of consistency, consistently setting on a rotation and playing guys so that they get into a rhythm and we can find a. But two, the players have to take advantage of that. Right. Like, you know, JaVale McGee, it, you got to come out there and say, you know what? Alex Lynn ain't getting in this game today because I'm playing so well. Same thing with Duarte, Sasha. Sasha's out of the rotation. Why is Sasha out of the rotation? Because he didn't take advantage of the opportunity that was given. Now, it wasn't much of an opportunity. I'll agree with that. 
but it, it's it's players and coaches have to do better in terms of consistency. Yeah, and I do think that's one of the team's fundamental problems is uh, the depth. They just we've said it before. Some of the guys they brought in with an idea towards those guys helping the team get better this year, they haven't played well. Right. We're seeing it in bits and pieces, fits and starts. Like Duarte's starting to play better, so that's that's encouraging. By the way, I love that Scott Moke. Now, if you notice this. He says, Chris Duarte. Oh, that's what he used to do oh. with Chris Weber. Oh, Wait, Chris, you go, Chris Weber. Weber. Now he goes, Chris Duarte. I'm going to have to ask about that. It's like, Whoa. I might have to tell him to pause that. I, mean, I love Duarte, <laughs> but it ain't, you can't. <laughs> yeah. I don't and know. You know, the Keegan. Murray. Yeah. I told this guy, I said, you know what? I would keep that. How are you? Oh, you told her? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, right. yeah. Do don't, don't get rid of it. Like the beam. <laughs> right. You know? That's don't, I told. Like, yeah. Keep the exactly. beam, too. The exactly. beam and the Keegan Murray. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I do, honestly, all kidding aside, I think that's one of the issues. I, I'm with you. I think the, the players do have to play better, but that's one reason why this team is struggling a little bit. Some of the guys coming off the bench that were supposed to help this team get yeah. better, they just haven't really done that it, yet. It, yeah, Whitey, it's sort of like, uh, you know, the old adage in football. If you got two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks, do you really have any? You know, and the bench guys outside of Malik and Trey have not separated themselves. Davion hasn't separated himself. Sasha hasn't said. JaVale hasn't. And so the minutes are there. Mike Brown is actually, trust me, I know Mike Brown don't want to be in January trying to still figure out a rotation. Right. I mean, come on. And so, but the players you know, it, it, it's it's a cat and mouse kind of thing. We, you know, chicken and the chicken egg. The what egg, comes yeah. first, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it give the guys some minutes, consistent minutes, and see how they uh, fare, and then you can set on the rotation? Or do the guys need to play when they get uh, in the game like Keon Ellis did that time and take advantage of those minutes, and then you're in the rotation? Now, last night, I believe it was the great Matt George who used to work here at our station. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he got some video of Malik. It was one of Malik. Making a shot, yeah. kind of jawing with somebody on his own bench, and then Malik and Coach during a timeout going at each other. And before we get Kyle's take on what was that about, was it anything? Uh, Coach Brown did last night. He was asked about it after the game, and he addressed it. Here's Mike Brown on his back and forth last night during the game with uh, Malik Monk. Yeah, no, it's uh, heat of the moment. Uh, Malik and I, I think everybody has seen it, uh, but Malik and I have gotten into exchanges before. This is not the first time, and I've I, I bet a lot of money. It won't be the last time. So um, so that's not a big deal. Hmm. Anything to see there, Coach? Anything going on? I saw it live, the Malik stare towards Mike Brown. I saw the box score at the half. And sometimes, yeah, I look at the box score too. Malik, <laughs> five minutes. And, you know, I don't want anybody. No, but five minutes for Malik Monk in the first half. And I said to my producer, I said, did something happen? Is Like, did I miss something? And then Malik hit the threes and stared at Mike Brown. I'm like, oh, there's something going yeah, on between yeah. those two. I will say this, because I've seen Mike Brown and Malik uh, behind the scenes, uh, you know, interact. Malik is a fiery person. Malik will let you know how he feels. And if he gets taken out or subbed out and he doesn't feel like, you know, he didn't, like, five minutes in the – I'm sure that yep. pissed him off. Yep. He was perturbed by that. Right. And when he hit those threes, it was like showing up Mike Brown. Yeah. Mike ain't going to let that slide either, though. And so the good thing about this Sacramento Kings team that I've been, been able to see is that they have been receptive to coaching, to criticism, 
And so I don't think it's a big thing. Now, we'll see if it lingers tonight. If those two guys get into it again tonight, then you start to wonder. But I'm not, you know, it's not the first time that those two have butted heads. Let me just in public and in practice. Right. And he handled that very well. Coach Brown did the way he talked about it. Let me just ask you this question. I'm not presuming the answer, but it is, I think, a fair question. I think I know the answer. But could what have happened last night between Coach Brown and Malik, the way they're going at it, do you think that in any way caused any negative energy that contributed to the lackluster performance of the team? Just a question. Just asking the <laughs> I'm question. Not going, to, going all Allen style. I'm, not going, I'm, I'm just, just asking, asking the question. question. <laughs> I don't think so because at the end of that exchange, Malik gave Mike a little pat on the shoulder on the back as well. And so I've seen far worse things. Remember, LeBron James gave Eric Spolstra the shoulder. <laughs> that didn't derail their uh, championship aspirations or, you know, anything like that. I've seen players get into fights. I've seen in Boston, Marcus Smart, you know, and, and another player get into it, like physically get into it at a game in Miami. Was it Robert Ory threw a towel in Danny Yeah, face? Robert Ory when in Phoenix, right? Yeah. Uh, that happened. And so these things happen in, in the heat of battle. I'm actually, I don't want to say glad, but it shows me at least they care. Like, it shows me Malik Monk was pissed off at not being in the game in the first half. I'd rather have that and have to smooth it over than the guy just, you know what, screw that. Forget, coach. I'm done. You know? Yeah. Like, it, it, it's not a good look. The optics aren't good. But remember in football, we saw Travis Kelsey throwing the helmet. We saw Andy Reid confronting him. Like, you see that in sports from time to time. Now it's up to those guys to make sure it doesn't carry over to tonight and going forward. History suggests also that the two of them are perfectly capable of putting that behind them and moving on, that there's some benefit oh, in yeah. short term, oh, yeah. and it's not an issue long term. Something to keep an eye on, but it right. doesn't appear to be an issue long term. When we come back, uh, the play-by-play voice of the Orlando Magic, Dante Marcatelli, is going to join us with um, a preview of tonight's matchup from the Golden One Center. It's next year with the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports. Before we get to our special guest, uh, I know a lot of people on the chat here are wondering about uh, the, hey, uh, until they can settle on a lineup and settle on rotations, they're not going to be able to take take care of the basketball. Um, so, anyway, um, I-, I wanted to point out that last night, Darren Fox was asked about that. Hey, you got Duarte in the starting lineup. Does that make it harder, you know, to, to run the offense? Is that why you had so many turnovers? And, and Darren Fox says, no, I had nothing to do with that. So it doesn't matter. Who's yeah, I don't think just so, Just take right? care of the ball. Yeah, right? just take care of the right. ball. So I'll mention yeah. that because a lot of people wondering about that. A lot of people also wondering about this team that the Kings will be facing tonight, the Orlando Magic. With more on that, nice enough to join us. TV host for the Magic, play-by-play voice, Dante Marcatelli. Dante, uh, Happy New Year. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Happy New Year to you as well. Hope all is well with you guys. Uh, things were going well until last night, and the Kings ran into <laughs> Charlotte, but be that as it may, uh, Dante, how is such a young team as Orlando, uh, how have they become such a good defensive team? Well, quite frankly, we're trying to follow the kind of the blueprint that you guys laid last year. Uh, they're trying to be one of the surprise teams. I think what Sacramento did last year is what Orlando trying to do in the Eastern Conference. But I think, quite honestly, Jamal Mosley has said from the beginning – that the calling card for this team has to be on the defensive end. You know, you're Sacramento, third in the NBA, and threes made per game. That's not how Orlando is built. They're not going to come out and knock down a bunch of threes. They're dead last in threes made, attempted, three-point percentage. 
So how do you get, you know, how, how do you stay in these games? How do you win these games? If you're built like this, you're going to have to do it on the defensive end. So they've made up that, that that's been their calling card. They get second chance opportunities. They get points off turnovers. Uh, one of the highest teams in the NBA on as far as steals. So they put a lot of pressure up front. Makes it tough when you have a guy like De'Aaron Fox. You can't really speed him up. Kind of plays at his own pace. But ideally, you get a lot of pressure out there on on the perimeter. Force some Aaron passes. Get out and run the other way. Uh, and that's what they try to do. And and they're one of the best teams in the in the NBA getting to the free throw line. So that's kind of been the blueprint, the blueprint, the formula for this team. But they've run into a just a buzzsaw gauntlet as far as their schedule. They're in the middle of a stretch of where they'll have played uh, 11 of 12 opponents all above 500. So they're kind of yeah. feeling it a little bit the last week or so, uh, but they're, they're hoping, to, hoping to bounce back tonight against Sacramento if they can. Hey, Dante, Kyle Draper here, man. Looking forward to seeing you tonight here at Golden One Center. You know, you mentioned the gauntlet that they've been through over the last 10, 11 games. And, and when I look at it, this team is 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Where would you say right. the mood, the mindset, the, the psychology is of the team right now? Well, first of all, Kyle, it's always good to talk to you. Keep up the great work, my friend. Uh, Thank I you, love man. what you're doing out here. But, yeah, the last 10 games, it's just a case in point like last night. You're playing a tough team in Golden State. You're right there. you got to lead with eight minutes to go. And then you just get cold down the stretch. Same thing happened in Phoenix. And, you know, Phoenix and Golden State have some decent shot makers. <laughs> They're down the stretch. And that's what happened. They just, they just made some big shots. And this Orlando Magic team is kind of going through the fire a little bit. So now, whereas I think and it's probably similar to the jump Sacramento made, you know, you, you have a – had a year like last year where Orlando kind of snuck up on some teams, right? Well, now you come into these buildings, 19 and 10, 19 and 12, and in a case like tonight, you're not going to sneak up on anyone anymore. They're ready for you. You're fourth or fifth in the East coming into these last few games. So I think teams have been ready. There's been a great game plan to kind of keep Orlando away from the rim. They're one of the best teams at getting to the basket, lead the league in shots in the painted area, in the restricted area. So I think that's been a formula. Force Orlando to shoot. Dare Orlando to shoot. And if they don't work for better shots and settle for threes, that's been a problem for us. So I think they've been right there, but it's tough to win in the NBA. It's great experience for Paolo, for Franz, but uh, they, they, somebody's got to come up and make some big shots down the stretch. And they got to, they, and, you know, they're, they're, Paolo and Franz are the guys, uh, but they're drawing so much attention. Somebody else has got to step up and make a play. Dante Marcatelli is with us, uh, play-by-play voice for the Magic tonight. we got the Magic and the Kings here at the Golden One Center. Uh, you mentioned Paolo, and, of course, the Kings have their own young player that they're uh, uh, developing uh, as prudently as they can in Keegan Murray. How has Paolo emerged, and, and how is his evolution of uh, as a leader uh, with the Magic, how, how is that progressing? Well, it's been amazing. They all look to him, quite frankly. At the end of games, they look at Paolo. You know, he, he's not the most vocal guy on the team, but he is vocal. He talks to guys. He, he keeps them going, keeps them engaged. He, he's talking during timeouts, and they look to him to lead them. You know, he said uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had him on a postgame show, and he said, it's kind of my job to go out and get a big bucket late. <laughs> That's what I have to do. So, so he accepts that, but he doesn't want to be a high-volume shooter, go out and take every shot. You know, he's, so that's been the big progression from last year to this year. When do I get mine? When do I help the team when they need it? And when do I get guys going? And, you know, he's, he, he's, done, he's, he's done a terrific job. His last seven or eight games, uh, the numbers that he's putting up, uh, only Joel Embiid and Giannis Adetokounmpo are putting up wow. in his last seven games. So almost 27 points, eight rebounds, five assists. So, I, he, he, you know, he, he's figuring it out. He's getting a lot of attention. He's number one in bold letters up atop of every opposing team's scouting mm-hmm. report. Uh, and he's trying to navigate through that, but he's become a better three-point shooter. Uh, he's become more vocal, and, and he kind of understands 
how big he is, which which sounds crazy. You guys will see him tonight. He's 6'10", but he looks even bigger than 6'10". And he's kind of realizing he can go through people, around people, maybe not through Sabonis, but <laughs> most bigs he can go most bigs he can go through and around, and, and I think he's figuring that out. So it's, it's been great to see, and, and uh, you know, he, he's, he's carried. He's, he's absolutely carried this team. And if he's 1A, Franz Wagner is 1B. Those guys are right oh, yeah. there. Their numbers are almost identical. Uh, they've been huge, and they just they both excel at finishing around the basket, which has been great. Yeah, I, I was doing my research, Dante, and, and those two guys averaging better than 20 points per game each. First Orlando Magic teammates to do that since Shaq and Penny mm. back in the day. Right. And so that, that's, right. yeah, yeah, that shows you how good they are. You know, when you look at uh, the, the job Jamal Mosley has done. I, I think he has to be in the conversation for coach of the year. And I know he worked with Mike Brown for a season out there in Cleveland. And one thing Mike says is that Jamal just has a presence about him. When he walks into the room, the way he interacts with players, he has this presence. What can you tell us about coach behind the scenes and how he's relating to players and getting them uh, to perform at a high level? He's awesome, Kyle. He's the best. I, and, I, and I think I thought Rick Carlisle said it best. That's great for Mike Brown, but I thought Rick Carlisle said it best uh, when we when we hired Jamal from Dallas. He said, "I always felt when Jamal got the job, his players wouldn't let him fail." And I thought that was to me the biggest compliment you, you can pay a coach is that the, his team will run through a wall for him. And I think that's what we've seen. Uh, he's got a great, unique ability to draw up a game plan that's best for the team, helps the team win. You know, they had a they they had 34 wins last year. That was plus 12 from the year before. That was the biggest jump in the Eastern Conference. So he came up with a game plan and and, and a style and a role for everybody that was good for the team because they had team success. But he's also helping individuals along the way. And I think the best example is probably Cole Anthony. You know, you're asking Cole Anthony, who's coming off a career year. Uh, two years ago to last year, go off the bench. You know, we need you to be our sixth man, kind of get us going. And, you know, guys don't love coming off the bench when, they, when they've been starting. Uh, but he accepted that, and he excelled at it, and he got the big payday this summer. So I think if I'm a player for Jamal Mosley, I'm looking at it like he's got the team's best interest at, at heart, but he's got my best interest. He's going to allow me to excel and to grow and, and, and to have success in this league, but he's going to do what's best for the team. So they've completely bought in. I, I think they... They, they understand we have to be a defensive first team, um, but he doesn't, you know, he, when you're struggling, he, he's not down on you. He's not yelling at you. He's, he's, he's cheering guys on. He went to, uh, he went to Dubai, he went to Abu Dhabi. I mean, he followed, he followed Paolo around the entire summer. He's been to Germany to be with the Wagners. He's gone to Georgia to be with Bataze. I, I can't even find, not the state, the country. I couldn't even right. find it on the map if I had to. <laughs> but, he's, but he's been there. And so I think buy in, there's a trust factor. They, they love him. They run through a wall for him. And I think all those factors uh, are, are why these guys play so hard for him. Uh, Dante, I love the magic, really do. Looking forward to seeing him tonight. Big Franz Wagner guy. But I'm just wondering, after the game he had and the shot he made last year, last season against Orlando, does just the, the mere mention of De'Aaron Fox's name send shivers on the spines of, <laughs> of Orlando fans? It does. It sure does. It's from 31 feet, no less. Yeah. That, that happened right in front of me. That happened right in front of me. And it's so he's got 34 at the time. And you're thinking the one guy you can't let get a shot off is that guy. And he walks right into an open 31 foot. Yeah, I, I, I'd be fine if he if he had an off night. But we haven't seen many. We haven't seen many of those from him. <laughs> yeah, it, it should be exciting tonight. You know, you guys one of the best defensive teams. You know, when I look at the Magic. I'm trying to figure out who's the heart and soul because I know Cole Anthony. He plays with that edge. He plays with that heart. 
But I think people are sleeping on Jalen Suggs and just how important he is to you guys. Can you speak to just his development as a leader, as a competitor that you see out there on the floor? Oh, he, he is the absolute uh, ultimate competitor, I, I think. They're all competitors, and they all fight so hard. But this is a guy that uh, will run through a brick wall, literally. I mean, I think he leads the league in floor burns, headbutts, tackles. I mean, all, <laughs> I mean he just he only knows he, he's got that football mentality. You know, he, he won a high school championship in football and basketball. So he's got that mentality. He could have played Division One college football, too. But So he plays with the reckless abandon. The problem is, if you do that too much, you're not on the floor. And, and that, you know, the last three right. years, it's been hard to keep him on the floor. Uh, but this year, he's only missed three games. So he's been healthy. He's been staying out there. Uh, and he's kind of figuring things out. What, what's been a surprise for him, too, has been the offense. And we, we have not expected. He leads the team in threes made, uh, Jalen Suggs. And, and he has been under 30% three-point shooter in his career. So that's been a huge jump is the offense that we're getting. But he has a connection with the home fans. And, you know, every team has that guy, right, that revs up the crowd and he's pumping, he's waving his arms and high-fiving people after he dives on the floor. They love him. They absolutely love him in Orlando. And and the rest of the team follows suit. You know, look at a guy like Goga and Wendell. Uh, you know, they, they've said a couple of times this year, that guy's a dog. The guy's a dog mm-hmm. out there. And when he's playing as hard as he is, shame on me if I let someone walk right down and lay it in <laughs> as hard right. as he's playing. So. It's contagious. That kind of style is contagious, and he's absolutely uh, been the heart and soul of the defense, no question about it, and, and he is. He's, he's certainly one of the leaders on this team as well. Dante, before we let you go here, I'm just curious. You know, the, the second night of back-to-backs have uh, been rough for the Kings this season. How have the Magic fared on the second night of back-to-back so far this season? Yeah, two and five in the in the second night of back-to-backs. It's been hard as well, and I, I think for a young team, it's you know, trying to figure that out, but you know, it's it's this is the shortest distance we've had to travel for the second night of a back-to-back. So that was nice—an hour and a half bus ride up from Golden State yesterday. But uh, they, you know, typically it, it, it's not usually been fatigue; it's usually been the opponent. We, we've just run into a buzzsaw. You play a home game uh, against Philadelphia, and then the next night you're in Milwaukee. You know. I mean, that's, not a, that's not an easy job, you know. And then uh, Sacramento, you know, and everybody complains about how difficult their schedule is. But but they have had some they have had some oddities this year. And and this is you know nobody wants it. You'd rather it be the other way. You'd rather you'd rather have the fresh legs and run around with Sacramento on the first night of a back to back than have to chase them down here on the second night. And Charlotte did us. So we saw you know Steve Clifford used to coach us, and they mm-hmm. stayed the night. So we, I saw Cliff in the lobby. And I said, Cliff, you did us no favors. No favors last night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to be walking into a buzzsaw tonight for sure. But um, And it's been a hard place for us to play anyway out here in Sacramento. But they're, they're ready. The, the thing about Jamal Mosley and this young group, you know, they're the fourth or fifth youngest team in the NBA. So they'll be ready. They'll be ready to go. And they're in every game, which is great. But, um, you know, they, they're just trying to find a way to, to navigate these hostile environments and try to pull out wins on the road. Where now you're not, you know, you're not catching teams off guard. You know, Sacramento will be ready, uh, but this Magic team will, is battle tested a little bit here of late too, and, and they're desperate and they're they're feeling it. As you mentioned, three and seven in their last ten, and they they don't want to go over on this West Coast trip. Yeah. So this is a huge one here tonight. Dante Marcatelli, thank you very much for your time. We know you're busy, especially on a game day. Uh, we appreciate it. Have a great call tonight. We hope to talk to you again soon. All right, appreciate it, guys. We'll see you in a little bit. All Thanks right, Dante. Having... See you, man. All right, now. Uh, when we come right back to the Golden One Center, why can't the Kings make free throws? And as bad as last night was, you know what? It could have been worse. That's next year with the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports. There's been a lot of talk, talk shows on Twitter, 
people wondering, hey, that loss last night for the Kings to Charlotte, was that the worst loss of the year? I don't know. What? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. What difference does it make? But things could always be worse. I, I don't know why, Kyle, but this – I was reminded of this last night watching the game here, and I was thinking of long ago a really bad loss by the Kings to the Charlotte Hornets, and I just tweeted this. I was reminded of this game. Let me show you the score. This was, Wow. This was from – January of 1991, and the Hornets were pretty much a brand new team. Yeah, Kings went in there, and Sh- Charlotte beat them 101 to 59. <laughs> 59. Yeah. What? I was asking people last night. You remember that game? And people were looking at me like, "Are you out of your mind? What? It happened. They scored how many? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah." The good old days, right? <laughs> oh, man. So things could always it be, could worse, be worse. Yes. Right? It could be worse. Yeah. Uh, the Kings right now are still in good shape overall. But why can't they make free throws? Why can't the Kings make free throws? What are we going to do? That's a that? big-time conundrum, man, because, you know, when you look at it, uh, and I'm going to pull up the numbers here, dead last in free throws, right? That That's uh, where they yeah. stand. Yeah. And, you know, for a team with DeMontis Sabonis, power player, gets hit a lot. Darren Fox, you know, early in the season, got downhill, got to, like, that should be a goal of theirs, a priority of theirs, because you expect them to get to the line a lot. And they're giving away points. It's almost like when they get up there, now if it goes in, great. If it doesn't, great. Like, you know, <laughs> where's the focus at, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I yeah. mean, that's just how it, how it looks and, and how it appears. And – it's an issue. We saw it last night. You got a seven-point game. You were, what, 10 of 17 from the line last night? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I know Mike Brown talked about it. We're going to hear that sound. You know, I think when you look at championship teams versus teams that still have a ways to go, you know, championship teams lock in on everything. Turnovers. Boxing out, second chance, fast break. Like championship teams, they try to check all the boxes. The Kings, for some reason, it's like they're giving away points at the free throw line. And you want me to – I'll toss to the Mike Brown. Jay, let's get that Mike Brown sound because this is what he had to say last night about the free throws and the struggle from the line. We're we're shooting the same amount, if not more, free throws this year than we did last year. Um we just got to have guys go up to the line and knock it down. I, you know, I, sometimes you, you worry and, and, and again, I thought we were real loose tonight. And so maybe it might've been a mental thing tonight. I, I don't know. Uh, but obviously we're 30th in the league in free throw percentage. And so, uh, we're not doing a good job collectively with it. And maybe we got to shoot more than what we're, what we're shooting. We got to maybe stop practice, I guess, at times just to shoot two two in a row or four in a row or something like that to get the guys to try to lock in. Uh, because uh, right now, for us to be 30th with the shooters that we have on this team um, is not good. Interesting. Yeah. Confounding, too, because yeah. you look at the numbers, Kyle, and last night the numbers of free throw shooting, 10 of 17, that's bad. But nobody was horrible. Some, you know, yeah, Keegan's one for two. Fox was five for eight, which is not good. But, you know, it's not horrible. Uh, 0 for 1, Simona. So it was kind of a group. Everybody was just kind of underwhelming, right. and ultimately as a team they were bad. And that's just kind of the way they were last night. You know, uh, I'm looking at the, the best teams in the NBA and where they shoot. They're shooting in the 800s, right? Yeah, you know, 
OKC, 85%. Sixers, 84.2. And the Sixers are getting there 27 times a game. They get there more than anybody. Joel Embiid, he's averaging 10, 11, 12 free throws a game. Meanwhile, the Sacramento Kings, I think, are 21st in terms of attempts. And so when you don't get there a whole lot, they're 18th, excuse me. You don't get there a whole lot. You got to take advantage of the opportunities you do have. And, you know, Losing the game by seven when you miss seven free throws. All right, you're going to miss some. Right. You know, but you should go 14 to 17, you know, and that changes the the complexion of the game down the stretch. Mm -hmm. And so I know this was an issue last season as well, especially early in the year as the year went on. uh, I believe they got better. But, no, it's, 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 it's dumbfounding because Mike Brown said it. You got shooters on this team. Herder, Keegan, De'Aaron Fox now is a shooter. Malik Monk, you got guys that can make shots. HB. Yes. But when they get to the line, it's like, and, you know, I, I need to look at the numbers, and, and I'll pull them up right here, the individual numbers, because, you know, I, I look at DeMontis Sabonis as many times as he's getting to the line. Domas, 65.7%. Good shooters, really good shooters, should be able to make – Almost 75% with their eyes right, closed. Right, right, right. 65.7, that's not going to get it done. No. That's, that, that's not. Keegan's at 83.7. HB at 84. Very good, respectable. Good, yep. Fox, 71.6. No bueno. That, he has to be better at that. I need that in that 78 to 80 range, especially because of who he is and how much he handles the ball and, and how many times he goes to the line. Uh, Malik Monk, 89%. Kevin Herter, 80%. And so... They're, they got good free throw shooters. That's what's so, uh, you know, outside of De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis, your two top guys, they have excellent free throw shooters. And, and I would start with those two guys. They got to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the numbers last night for Sabonis and Fox, if you just quickly looked at the box score, and I know you spent hours pouring over Yeah, the I love score, the box score. But <laughs> if you just, if you glanced at it, you go, well, those two guys did their job, but they really didn't. I mean, overall, Sabonis and Fox really did not play well. They didn't do all the things that the Kings need those two to do well if they're going to win. And I said the same thing after the Portland game when they combined to score 77 points. Everybody's like, well, those two guys showed up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they showed up on one end of the floor. What about the defensive lapses? And so, you know, it's hard to win in this league when your star players don't play a complete game. Sure, you can get points, but – you set the tone defensively also. Like, you got to be a star on both ends of the floor. And I think that's what we need to see from De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Abonis. We can't talk about free throw shootings, at least they can't, when they're the two biggest culprits, you know? Mm-hmm. You are star players. You handle the ball more than anybody else. You go to the line more than anybody else. Like, personally, that should be a priority for them, right? De'Aaron's worked on his three-point shooting. He's become excellent three-point shooter. Now he has to become an excellent uh, free throw shooter. When you look at the best guards in the league, that's one thing they do. Yep. You know, the Steph Currys, the James Hardens when he he's, uh, you know, at an elite level. Like, those guys get to the line so much, but then they make them. That's where De'Aaron, yeah. his next uh, wave of development has to come in. Those guys, especially Steph, when they miss a free throw, it's like, whoa. Right, like, yeah, exactly. Like, how, what happened? You know, uh, De'Aaron shooting 71%. You know, it, it, it's it's crazy. And, you know, his mom, Lorraine, in college, 
shot 93% from the free throw. Like, his mom was a bucket getter, could shoot free throws. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she's, you know, drilled that into his head. But for some reason, it's not working out. 71%, eh, you know, if it was a center doing that, a big, okay. But your point guard, it, it, it needs to be better. And not to be negative, but what did you see as far as a reason why Domas may have turned the ball over last night a staggering 11 times? Yeah. I saw a little bit of everything. Uh, I, I saw some passes were too hot. Uh, I saw, you At know. At times it looked like the ball had too much air. Yeah, right? It like hit. it was just like, yeah. hey, it's like as <laughs> soon as it hit his hands, yeah. you know, he had stone hands last night. I, you know, a, a lot of the passes were in traffic too. Maybe he's trying to do too much uh, as he's trying to catch the ball. Yeah. Uh, some offensive fouls. Uh, you know, it, it just was a comedy of errors when it comes to handling the ball last night. For Domas, 11 turnovers, uh, it, it's just it, that that can't be uh, for a guy that handles the rock. And we've seen star players like LeBron, you know, high turnover games. But your center, DeMontis Sabonis, it, it has to be better. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it'll be better uh, tonight. It's going to be a real test for the Kings against a team that, according to their play-by-play -play announcer, the Orlando Magic are trying to be this year's yeah. Sacramento Kings. This, yeah, trying to sneak up and beat people and surprise people. But I think they got everybody's attention now. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they, they've had some good wins this season. We're going to turn our attention uh, to the 49ers when we come back here. Uh, who plays, who doesn't for the 49ers this week? That's next from the Golden One Center with the Drive Guys, Sacktown Sports.